this week. Just taking attendance quickly so we can scold any of you who weren't. No, I'm just kidding. we're glad that you're here with us regularly as we go through these series. Uh, if you can't be with us kind of regularly week to week, maybe because you're volunteering or traveling or other kinds of things, we really do encourage you to check it out on the podcast, uh, watch our YouTube channel or something like that so that you can kind of stay up to date with what's happening uh, week to week here at Hillcrest. I'm going to read the scripture for us this morning. This is coming from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9, and then Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And this is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, we said this last week, I'll say it again, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes who we are. And the better we understand the truth, the better equipped we will be to change the trajectory of our lives. We also mentioned this last week. There's an entire discipline of modern psychology called cognitive behavioral therapy, which tells us that many problems, from eating disorders to relational challenges, addictions, even some forms of depression and anxiety, are rooted in faulty and negative patterns of thinking. So the life we have is a reflection of what we think. Our lives, if, if our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, it's important to stop and ask ourselves if we like the direction that we're heading in. So we sang earlier, it is well with my soul. And maybe some of you Uh, didn't feel so well in your soul this morning. Maybe you're in a difficult season. Or maybe you're recognizing that there's actually a pattern in your life that's disrupting your peace. Are you at peace in your soul, in your heart, in your mind? Do you have peace that passes all understanding? Or do you wrestle with anxious, worried thoughts? Maybe you're riding an internal wave of rage. Maybe you're kind of like the Hulk in that way. You know, your secret is that you're always angry. Are you depressed? Are you filled with jealousy? Are your relationships deep and meaningful? Or do you keep people at a distance? Do you have healthy relationships with work and rest? Does the news or politics set you off? Maybe you actually have a difficult time diagnosing your thoughts but you are certain that you have behaviors in your life that are undermining your ability to live life in all of its fullness. 
We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. Are you living an abundant life, life in all its fullness, or is something stealing your abundant life? Last week, we talked about replacing lies with truth. We are in the middle of a cosmic battle, and our enemy is Satan, the devil, the thief. He is the father of lies. But luckily, we have Jesus, the good shepherd, who is at war with the thief. And Jesus said that he came, that we might have life and have it to the full. He also said the truth would set us free. Jesus wants you to have an abundant life, and the devil does not. Now, if we want to see transformation in our lives, we must identify the lies of the enemy. We must replace it with God's truth by declaring it, by participating with it, meditating on it daily. We need to make the truth an action in our lives so that it begins to rewrite our thinking. For those of you who were here last week, were you able to identify some of the lies that perhaps the devil has been throwing your way? Maybe that was something that was you know, a long-standing lie going all the way back to childhood. Uh, maybe that's something that's more recent, a lie that the enemy is placing in your mind. Perhaps it happened through the pandemic when you were kind of left alone, maybe, in isolation more than you had ever been before. Uh, we've heard some reports from some of our life groups as people have been processing this. And there's some breakthroughs that people are happening as they begin to think in this way, that the devil is trying to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's using lies to do that. Some people are able to begin to pinpoint those lies and finding the truth in Scripture. Were you able to identify some of the ways that the enemy attacks you with lies? A specific lie, perhaps. We encourage you to write it down and then to find God's truth, to take Bible verses that you know combat that lie. Did you take those Bible verses and did you create a declaration in your own words, something that you can have on repeat and at the ready when you're confronted with that lie again. Many of you uh, reported that you really enjoyed at the end of our service, if you were with us, when we went through a bunch of those declarations. And they are powerful, but I believe that you will get way more out of it if you identify your lies, if you search the scripture for truth, and then you create your own personal declarations. If you just kind of take them from, you know, a list on the internet somewhere of things that are true kind of declarations, uh, it might not have the same kind of deep impact that I believe we need to have in our lives. Anyways, as we move on into this week, we are talking about the rewire principle. So this is rewiring your brain and renewing your mind. So we talked about truth and lies that kind of continues throughout this series, but we're going to think about this just in a, a different way this morning. A few years back, uh, the transformer uh, that our building connects to was damaged by a lightning storm. And then the transformer had to be replaced. They came and they replaced it. Power came back on and everything seemed right at first. But then we started to notice that certain lights came on and others didn't come back on. We also started to notice that the fans for the AC, this was in the summertime, the fans were running, but the building didn't seem to be cooling. And we were starting to worry that something else, perhaps all the way through our whole building, things had been fried from this lightning storm. 
But thanks to one of our elders who has a unique expertise in this area, we were able to figure out what happened. As the transformer was being replaced, some of the wires got crossed. The lines were connected to the wrong power source, and everything was running backwards, which can be very damaging. We're very lucky that we caught it as as quick as we did, or else everything could have been fried in time. Uh, As people, we get our wires crossed, too. Uh, We often talk about wiring when we talk about our minds or our brains. There are millions of connections, and sometimes those connections lead to negative or destructive outcomes in our thinking and in our behavior. We make the wrong connections, we jump to the wrong conclusions, or we end up tapping into the wrong source of power or motivation. One of the ways that I think we believe a lie is to kind of jump to the wrong conclusions. Are you familiar with what an if-then statement is? They use this in computer programming. That's kind of where I was first introduced to the idea. You know, if X is true, then Y. You know, and then something would happen in terms of automation or programming. When I was young, maybe five or six, I was bit by a poodle. It very quickly became my least favorite dog breed. Up until that moment... I was eager to pet any dog breed. I thought they were all nice, all friendly, all cute. Now, poodles are brilliant dogs, perhaps only rivaled by maybe the shepherd breeds, you know, like the German Shepherd or the Border Collies or that kind of thing in terms of intelligence. But rather than making the connection that some dogs aren't good around kids or that it's always important to talk to a dog's owner before approaching their dog, I made the connection All poodles are bad. They're to be feared. They will bite you. If X, this poodle is bad, is true, then Y, all poodles are bad. The problem is that X is not true. But I lived lots of my life believing that it was. So that's one way I think that sometimes a lie can be introduced in our lives. We jump to the wrong conclusion. It's like the wires are connected in the wrong way. Another way I think we get our wiring wrong is when we connect to the wrong source of power. It's what the Bible calls idolatry. Rather than loving, trusting, and obeying God and looking to Him as our source, we love, trust, and obey other things and look to them to be our source. The Bible is clear that anything or anyone that is not God can be an idol. Money, power, sex, Success, romantic relationships, or even parent-child relationships. Things like a house or a car or a phone, etc. Anything and everything can be an idol. And God is supposed to be our source. And when we make those other things our source, it leads to things running backwards. And if we don't diagnose the problem and get it fixed, it's going to lead to destruction. Everything's going to get fried. So perhaps you want to change. You kind of admit, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm embracing the fullness of abundant life. So perhaps, or what can we we do about that? Maybe even last week you recognized a lie. Maybe you know a Bible verse that kind of speaks the truth to that lie. But chances are you're not going to 
experience change and transformation even though you understand the truth. Do you know the expression, you should know better? How many of you were the oldest child in your home? Right, you're the firstborn. I think parents often use this on the oldest child. You should know better while excusing, you know, the, the second or third born, like, well, they don't, and so they can kind of get away with murder. It's fine. Don't worry about it. How many of you are the, you know, the second child or third child, and you're living still to this day a carefree life, just life of the party, getting away with almost anything? Maybe that wasn't your experience, but that, I think, is pretty common. You should know better. The trouble is, knowing better doesn't always lead to doing better. How many of you know you should eat healthy and exercise? Everyone? Okay, if you don't know that, I'll talk to you after the service. I'd be happy to fill you in on a few things that I've learned along the way. But you still don't. I'm not judging anyone, please. How many of you think it's good to volunteer and to give charitably, but you still don't? How many of you know you should read your Bible and pray, but you still don't? How many of you know you should live on less than you make, but you still don't? Do you feel a little bit beat up yet? Let's keep going. (laughs) Why do you commit to stop arguing with your spouse and then keep on arguing with your spouse? Why do you worry nonstop even though you know it's a waste of time and it makes you sick? Why, why do you exaggerate to impress others even when that's not really the kind of person you want to be? Why do you scroll on your phone for hours and hours instead of talking with your spouse and your kids or your friends who are sitting only a few feet away from you? There's a pattern to this world, and we certainly fall into it very easily. We are creatures of habit. How many of you are sitting in the same spot that you sat in last week or the last time you were at church, right? Okay. How many of you are very upset because someone else is sitting in your spot? <laughs> if you speak with our guest services, you can have them escorted out so that you can get your spot back <laughs> if you need it. We're kind of creatures of habit. And the reason why we make those kind of decisions is because of how our brains work. And if we want to change our thinking, rewire our brains, we need a solution that actually works with the way that we think. We have to not only recognize that unhealthy patterns, but also figure out, again, their underlying problems. If we want to win the war in our minds, we have to be willing to rewire our patterns of thought, rewire our brains. How are the ruts on your street right now? Pretty good? It's kind of that season here in Moose Jaw where, you know, the front half of your car can be driving in one direction, but the back half can kind of be stuck in the ruts and you kind of end up driving sideways a little bit, or maybe you get stuck in the ruts, maybe you're bouncing back and forth across of them. Uh, Our climate's pretty tricky to make sure that the roads are in excellent condition all year round. So don't go and take it up with the city here after you think, you know, the ruts are bad, you know, and start making your complaints. That's not what we want to get into this morning, but uh, ruts are pretty significant. Have you ever encountered a rut that you simply just couldn't get out? You just kept on going regardless of where you wanted to go. Maybe that's on a gravel road out in the country. 
Uh, I heard there's a sign in Alaska on one road that says, choose your rut carefully, you'll be in it for the next 60 miles. Uh, We use that expression to talk about the way that we think and the way that we behave. Thinking the same thoughts, doing the same things, experiencing the same problems. We are hopelessly entrenched on a muddy, rugged back road. If the rut is bad enough, you don't even have to steer anymore. You just have to wait until the rut ends. But with our thinking, sometimes that rut never seems to end. Now, the brain is the command center that directs the parts of your body through neurons. Neurons link together to create messages. The same messages sent multiple times create a neural pathway. And the presence of a neural pathway makes a thought easier to think and makes it easier for your body to send that same message again and again. Your brain is designed to look for patterns, to create neurological pathways, and it sorts and categorizes and filters information as it comes in and over time causes us to hold to certain patterns of thought and behavior. These neural pathways are just kind of like ruts. Thoughts that we have repeatedly create a rut in our minds. It's easy to slip into them and very difficult to get out of them. We can have patterns of thought or ruts, where uh, whether that's good or bad in our minds, about all kinds of things. Again, any subject you can think of, we can have these ruts, these pathways. Now, neural pathways are created by God to be a good thing. When you first learn something like driving or dancing, how to play an instrument, maybe how to use a computer or a new program on a computer, the process can be difficult and frustrating. But when that happens, again, the body prepares itself to learn something new. And as you repeat it over and over and over, even as you encounter errors, as you repeat it over and over, it becomes easier and easier. And soon it seems Effortless. That's why you can hop into your car here at the end of church and you'll be at home without even thinking, whether you wanted to be or not. Maybe you were planning to go to the grocery store, but you accidentally went home. But because of sin, our neural pathways can also be a bad thing. That's why people try to eat themselves out of depression. One Snickers bar to cheer you up on a rough day is one thing, but eating one every time you feel down is going to be a problem. We can end up having a destructive habit. You know, every time the cue is presented, feeling down, the ritual begins. We search out the Snickers bar and experience the reward of biting into it. Cue, ritual, and reward. That's the habit loop. Some of you are looking through your purses for a Snickers bar. Even if we think a thought or two in the right direction, the pathway is set, the rut is deep, we get caught in that habit loop. Again, there's other examples of this. Some people reward themselves for working out by going to McDonald's. They tell themselves that now they deserve it. And you're not going to be any healthier, and the gym membership and fast food prices are going to get the better of you. Some people have been hurt by other people. Maybe a father or mother, maybe it's men, maybe it's women, a boss or a teacher, a politician, because of that negative thought pattern, have, missed, have mistrust or fear or anxiety for other people that are like them, even when it is unwarranted. Now, if we're going to break the pattern of behavior and find freedom, we must first identify the ruts that we have. These lies believed can create unhealthy neural pathways or these ruts in our mind. 
So we must identify the rut as well as the lie that created it in the first place. Then we must create a new rut based on the truth. That's our verse for today. Being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to put God's truth in. And you need to put it in so that it's like a trench of truth. So that the old rut has no power over it. See, we will always have the tendency to fall back into our old pattern until that new truth rut, that new neural pathway is stronger and more powerful than the old one. Now, in, in the habit loop, we must learn to respond to the cue with a new ritual. Oftentimes, these have to be replaced. You can't just stop doing something because every time the cue is presented, us creatures of habit will follow with the ritual, leading to whatever reward we think we're going to get. So when we are trying to do this, we have to find new rituals. That's why I believe these declarations can be a great first step. Whatever cue you face, worry or anger, impatience, you can go to God's word, you can find the truth, but you need to have a declaration that is ready, that you speak over yourself, that you hear regularly, that you participate with in some way, you write it down, you text it to a friend, you say it out loud, you turn it into a silly song, whatever it is, so you can participate with us. For example, you see that in Philippians 4, 6, Paul is changing worry into prayer. So the circumstances are going to present themselves, they're the cue. And then we have the ritual, either to worry or to pray. And when we are uh, presented with this, again, here it is, Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So every situation that causes us to worry should cause us to pray. It should also cause us to be thankful and to go to God. Instead of worrying, pray. Worrying is your body's cue that it's time to pray. Maybe that's a declaration you need to hold on to this week. Worrying is your body's cue that it's time to pray. Now, even though we're, this is you know, cutting-edge neuroscience, understanding how these neural pathways work, the Apostle Paul wrote about it in the New Testament in Romans. This is chapter 7, starting in verse 15. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For I do, I do not do the good I want to do. But the, evil, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? That's a frustrating place to be. Desiring transformation and change, but feeling like it's impossible. But the truth is, it is possible. It just takes hard work. Change is possible. Last week we did a, a thought audit where we took kind of survey of the leanings of our thoughts. If we're heading in the directions of our most strong and powerful thoughts, do you like the direction you're heading in? We asked that question. This week we're going to talk about crossed wires 
And we're going to talk about the wrong power source. Crossed wires, again, the if-then statements. And there can be many of these, as many as there are in this room and in your individual experience, but maybe I can recommend thinking about a few as an example. Discrimination. An encounter with one person from a certain cultural background or faith or maybe a church tradition or religious experience causes you to recoil around other people from that background. Perhaps it's because of fear, or pride, disgust, hatred, intolerance. Maybe it leads to treating people unfairly. And if we're honest, we probably all have a pattern like this that we need to rewrite when it comes to people that are different from us. Now, you're lucky. The New Testament was written in a period of time when there was lots of discrimination happening in the world. And there are plenty of verses that you could go to to help you rewrite this, to undo these cross wires, to replace the lies with truth. And perhaps you do find yourself in that situation, recoiling from someone. But again, when the cue is presented, you need a new ritual. Maybe you need to just ask questions. What are some of your hobbies? Where did you grow up? What kind of music do you like? I'm not sure what it would be specifically, but you need a new ritual to go to rather than just recoiling. Maybe it's asking questions. Gentleness and respect will go a long way in dealing with perhaps a pattern of discrimination. Speaking of luck, and just follow, follow me here for a second. We're going to elaborate on this idea. I, I called this in my notes, the lucky or the cursed hat. Now, Perhaps something happened to you when you were wearing a hat and you crossed the wires from it was God's favor or your hard work or other significant determining factors to it was my lucky hat. Okay, this happens. That's why people even chew on their pencils because when they're sitting there in an exam, they're working on thinking through something and they start chewing on their pencil and then they repeat that habit over and over and over again and they actually think that chewing on the pencil helps. It doesn't. We can sometimes think that something else is, the again, the thing that brought about favor. It can happen in the negative sense, too. Something awful happens to you. And rather than evaluating the situation honestly or openly or looking at all the details, you went, stupid hat. It's probably the hat. I was wearing that dumb hat. Now, that's kind of a silly example. But we can do this. We get our wires crossed. Now, your lucky hat might not be a hat at all or anything that you wear, right? Lucky clothes, certain rituals that you do that think change outcomes of things. Maybe that even affects how you pray. But your lucky hat might not be a hat or anything that you wear. It might be something like procrastination. Because of one experience involving procrastination, you were led to believe that if you did things at the last minute, it would work out better for you. And even when many times it doesn't work out better for you, you still default to procrastination. Maybe your lucky hat is overthinking things. Maybe your lucky hat is talking too much or too little in social situations. Maybe your unlucky hat 
is that you believe bad things should be happening to you because of the life that you've lived. Now, there are serious warnings in the Scripture about curses. That's where you think negative, destructive things about yourself or someone else, or even act on those things. Some of you have crossed wires because of where you grew up, what you look like, what career you have or don't have, and you are living out of a curse. Perhaps you are embracing the harsh words of someone else. In John chapter 9, verse 1 to 3, uh, we see Jesus interacting with a blind man. This is verse 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus responded and said this, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Some of you who have crossed the wires and are believing a curse need to rewire your brain and see that your situation is an opportunity for God to display his power. So that's perhaps having crossed wires. Again, just rethinking how we see lies and how they play out in our lives. Perhaps you have some crossed wires. Or perhaps you have the wrong power source. What is your source for value? What is your source for protection or provision? What is your source for joy? What is your source for comfort? What is your source for finding understanding? Steve shared that uh, verse situation with Hagar, and again, he hears the cries of her child, and what he says to her, or what she says to him after this encounter, is that you are the God, she names him, you are the God who sees me. God understands you. Do you find yourself going to God when it looks like your other sources are running out? Or do you go to him first? Do you say to him, you are my source for love, not my spouse or my children. You are my source for provision, not my job, not my health, not my credit card. You say, you are my source for my identity, not my sexuality, fashion, or some political group. You are my source for significance, not my vocation, my family, or net worth. The scripture verse for uh, today in Romans starts by saying, in view of God's mercy, God's mercy is a power source. Personal transformation is very difficult without understanding our need for God's mercy that we are wayward sinners who left to our own devices just follow the pattern of this world leading us away from God. If we want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, we must be honest about our ruts, confess our crossed wires, and allow the truth to replace the lies that we have believed. Now, some of you are perhaps hearing about how important truth is. 
but I think you might still be missing something about Christianity. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is not just having the right information. In Christianity, the truth is a person. It is Jesus. Jesus is also the way. He sets our new pattern of behavior as we follow him. He is our life. He wants to offer you eternal, abundant life. Life in all of its fullness. Now perhaps you are with us today and you are not a Christian. Can I welcome you to become one today? Jesus didn't just teach people true sayings. He came to die on the cross. To set us free from sin and death. And he invites us to put our faith in him as Lord of our lives and Savior of us. So that we can experience eternal, abundant life. Life in all of its fullness. If you want to put your faith in Jesus, you can pray a simple prayer like this. Dear Father, thank you that you love me. And sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I put my trust in Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Help me to live a life that honors you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, If you prayed a simple prayer like that for the first time, we would love to talk to you. We encourage you to share that with us, share that with someone else. We'd also like to talk to you about baptism, which is the public declaration of your faith. We'd love to give you resources and support you in beginning your walk of faith. Now, if you're part of one of our life groups, you'll have the chance to talk further about some of your ruts, some of your cross wires, and we'll have further opportunity to develop your own personal declarations. So again, just as we close this morning, do you see patterns of behavior that are leading you away from an abundant life? Do you have some crossed wires that are causing you to jump to the wrong conclusions or the wrong decisions? Or is there a power source that you default to instead of God? If we're going to create trenches of truth to destroy those ruts, we'll need to repeat and participate with God's truth daily. Identify your lies. Write them down. Find the truth in the Bible that deals with your lies. And then write down a statement in your own words that you can repeat over and over again until the new pattern is set, the new ritual that will bring greater reward. We ended our service last week by going through a number of declarations. We're going to do that again this week. We're going to have them on screen for you this time. Would you stand with me as we close? These are declarations I believe that any believer can make, and I hope, again, that you will take time to personalize these and make these fit your situation. These are grounded in God's word, will help you begin to push back against the lies that are perhaps keeping you captive. These will help you to create those new pathways in your mind to renew your mind and find transformation. Let's go through these together. You can say them along with me. I am strong and mighty. I have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of me. I am a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. I am not my past. I am not what I did. I am who God says I am. 
He says, I am forgiven. He says, I am redeemed. He says, I am free. I am not a hostage to unhealthy thoughts. The weapons I fight with are not the weapons of this world. I have divine power to demolish strongholds. I have the mind of Christ directing my thoughts. I have the word of God guiding my steps. And I take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Worry is not my master. I trust in God. His peace guards my heart, guards my mind, and guards my soul in Christ Jesus. My God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. I am not a slave to my habits. I am not a prisoner to an addiction. I have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. I am empowered. I am chosen. I am called. I am a masterpiece of God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for me to do. My God will bless me abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all I need, I will abound in every good work. My God is for me. My God is with me, and no weapon formed against me will prosper. Nothing can separate me from God's love, not death, not demons, not the present, nor the past. No power on earth will ever separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I am not what I have or buy. My identity is in Christ and Christ alone. By God's power, I can change. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek Him, and daily He directs my steps. I know His voice, and He leads me to His perfect will. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because His Spirit lives within me, I can do everything He calls me to do. Lord Jesus, we come before You, Holy, awesome one. So many people standing here with me today want more of the abundant life that you offer. Some of us are deeply hungry for it. Some of us are desperate for it. Lord Jesus, would you help us to be transformed so that we can take hold of it, the life that you offer? All the ways that the enemy would steal or kill or destroy Help us by your power to overcome our enemy. To win the battle in our minds, to be transformed in how we think and how we behave so that we can become more and more like you. Help the truth of your word to shape us. Would you give us an appetite for your word so that we would constantly and daily go after what it is that is true, what you have said, what the things that you've said to us specifically. Lord Jesus, we want to surrender to you. Would you help us in this battle that we know in the end you will win? But Lord Jesus, we also want to experience that victory day by day. In your name we pray. Amen.
Without you